It's been about six months since I started the Bells and Whistles Theater, which is kind of the creative home of this podcast now. It's where I release all the upcoming episodes, extra scenes, and standalone short stories. I'm working on my second short story now. And if you're curious about how things are going with the podcast, if I will keep podcasting, uh, and if I am able to survive as a creator, I have just published a free episode of my In the Wings Behind the Scenes podcast, where I discuss um, how I feel about the Bells and Whistles Theater in the Lesbian Romantic Podcast and its future right now. So if that interests you, go to patreon.com slash lesbianromantic and sign up for free, and you'll have access to that um, episode of my behind-the-scenes podcast. All right, let's get to this episode. Hello, hello there. I have a holiday special for you. I'll tell you more about it after the episode, so make sure to hang around. But first, part 30 of The Taste of a Smile. Welcome to the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. This is The Taste of a Smile, Part 30, Charade. Lex lowered herself back onto the couch. Her mother walked up to the window. How long have you been hiding here? She asked, pulling the blinds up. I'm not hiding. Lex groaned and covered her eyes. The sun was setting fast, but it still cast a bright orange glow into the room. Her mother took in the view of the city. What's going on, Lex? Lex fell back against the pillow. <laughs> Nothing, Mom. I'm just sick. Betty Emsworth turned away from the window and focused on her daughter. The small diamonds on her ring glittered as she raised her finger. I know that you're sick. I talked to Henry. That's not what I'm asking. Lex narrowed her eyes. How high were the odds that her mother would have run into Dr. McMillan today? It was too much of a coincidence. So much for patient confidentiality, she mumbled. He didn't tell me what's wrong with you, Betty replied, looking at the ceiling. Oh, well, good to know, Lex said sarcastically. But he did send you over here. The corners of Betty's mouth twitched. It was a telltale sign that she wanted to scowl, but was trying to keep a straight face, Lex knew. No, her mother said slowly. I just happened to call him about the upcoming fundraiser and he mentioned you'd been in this morning. Why did you come over then? Lex asked, crossing her arms. Her mother walked over to the television and ran her finger over the top of the screen. She studied the dust on her fingertip with disdain. You need to have this place cleaned. I'm cutting back on costs, Lex said in reply, knowing full well it would send her mother into a frenzy. The truth was that she couldn't stand anyone, not even a cleaner, coming into the apartment now that she was there so often. She wasn't going to admit to that, of course. So it's true, Betty gasped, spinning on her high heels. You lied about that job offer. What? Lex uttered. This was not what she had expected. Her mother wagged an angry finger at her. Your father told me no one in the city would have offered you a new job. He said you made it up so I would stop worrying. Lex's jaw dropped. What the hell was wrong with her parents? Why were they so convinced that she couldn't take care of herself? 
Was she such a disappointment all of a sudden? Betty walked over with a few quick steps and sat down next to Lux, her legs neatly tucked together. The wrinkles above her eyes were deeper than ever. I think we've put up with your erratic behavior long enough, Lexi. Let's end this charade and come up with a plan for your future, she said in a soft tone. Lux shifted in her seat, increasing the distance between herself and her mother. She didn't want her parents' help or pity. She was doing just fine without them. Mother, I did get a job offer, and I have actually already started working at my new job, she stated in a low tone. Betty pursed her lips. They were covered with the same burgundy red lipstick Lex had had to wipe off of her cheek as a child too many times. A new job? Where? She finally asked. Lex straightened her back. At Le Roi Chocolates. I'm the new CFO. Lex didn't add that she first had to spend her days selling chocolates. No need to make this any harder than it already was. The announcement clearly took her mother by surprise. You work for Lucille? She asked slowly. I work at Le Roi Chocolates, Lex repeated, but you know Hannah is in charge now. She ran her hand through her short hair. Betty's eyes followed the movement. I really don't like that haircut, she said. Your father agrees. Too manly. Lex pushed herself up. The floor shifted under her feet, but she was able to keep her balance. She stumbled to the kitchen to get away from her mother, but Betty followed her. Aren't you a bit young to be a CFO? And Hannah is just a child, too. Lex placed both hands on the kitchen counter to steady herself. First, I couldn't possibly get a job. Now you're saying I'm not good enough for the job I do have? She growled. Betty stepped around the counter. I'm just surprised. Lex threw her mother the most poisonous glare she could muster. Betty calmly adjusted her wrapped dress. The glitter in the fabric was anything but subtle. We'll see what your father says about it. Lex slammed both of her hands onto the counter. God, is there anything you don't need his approval of? Her mother's eyebrows shot up in surprise. What the hell is that supposed to mean? She asked. Why can't you just be happy for me? Lex pleaded, shaking her head. We both know it doesn't matter what I do or where I work. It'll never be enough for him. But why can't you support me? Lexi, her mother replied way too smoothly. We just want what's best for you. Stop pretending like there's a we, Lex interrupted her. It's all him, and you follow him around like some brainless puppet, she yelled. Betty's face hardened. You're clearly not well, she snapped. Let's have this conversation again when the doorbell rang before she could finish her sentence. Lex turned in the direction of the hallway. She bit back the tears in her eyes. I'll get it, her mother said and hurried out of the kitchen. Lex clenched her teeth. Fuck, she thought. What the hell am I doing? Lexi, Betty said. You have another visitor. Lex spread her fingers on the cold surface of the counter. She found it hard to focus. Who could be at the door? Maybe someone from maintenance? Who is it? She shouted. The taste of bile filled her mouth. She heard her mother's voice addressing the visitor in a not-so-friendly manner. Fuck. Lex muttered and made her way to the hallway as fast as she could. She didn't want her mother bitching at any of the building's staff. When she finally made it to the door, she immediately picked up on a very familiar voice. A beautiful, gentle voice. Lex stuck her head out, nearly bumping into her mother. Mary? 
She blurted out in surprise. Mary's cheeks were red, probably from walking. Her hair was a mess and her winter coat was zipped up all the way to her chin. She looked absolutely gorgeous. A wave of mixed emotions immediately crashed into Lex. She was relieved and happy to see Mary. She was the only person on this planet that Lex wanted to see right now. The problem was, her mother was the last person on Earth she wanted to have anywhere near Mary. She had to get rid of Betty immediately. I'm sorry, I, I didn't want to interrupt, Mary said, stumbling over her words. No, no, Lex replied. My mother was just leaving anyway. Betty huffed before saying, I'm in no hurry, dear. She's like a shark that smelled blood in the water, Lex thought. It's okay, Mary shrugged. I'll just call you tomorrow. Lex could tell that she was feeling super uncomfortable. Her mother probably could as well. Aren't you going to introduce us, Lexi? Betty asked, glancing from Lex to Mary and back. Lex grabbed the side of the door to steady herself. Mom, this is Mary, my co-worker. Mary, this is my mother, she said. Betty offered Mary her hand. Oh, you work at Lucille's company? Mary shook Betty's hand cautiously. Yes, I'm the store manager of the Manhattan Le Roi store. Managers do seem to get younger and younger these days. Betty chuckled and took a step back and gestured for Mary to come inside. Mary smiled, but Lex could see something flickering in her eyes. It was the same fire she had seen in Mary's eyes when she had been behaving like a total bitch at the store. Mary is one of the best performing managers in the company, Lex said quickly. Betty threw her a glance before she addressed Mary again. Please do come in. I'm so excited to meet someone who works with Lex. Mary hesitated, looking confused. I really don't want to. Nonsense, Betty interrupted. Lex was just telling me about her new job, and quite frankly, I couldn't believe it. It's a big role to take on. Mary's eyes widened. Oh, but she's doing great, she said eagerly and stepped into the apartment. I'm sure she's going to take the store to the next level when I leave. Betty was walking back into the living room, but now turned around. You're leaving? Lex shut the door. She saw the perfect storm forming right here in her apartment and didn't know how to stop it. She spoke before Mary could say anything more. Mary just got promoted to the corporate team. She'll be leading a new department soon. Betty sat down on the big couch and gave Mary another one of her insincere smiles. That's fantastic. And again, so young. Hannah really seems to favor young executives. Mary unzipped her coat. She stood in the middle of the room, shuffling her feet nervously. Lex felt incredibly bad that she had let Mary walk into this trap. She should have sent her away. So, did you come to discuss work with Lex this evening? Betty continued. Actually, I was just checking in on her, Mary asked, as if she herself was no longer sure why she had come. She couldn't make it to the store today, and I wanted to make sure she's okay. How kind of you, Betty said and tilted her head. Does Lex visit your store often? It doesn't seem like something a CFO would do. Mary's eyes flicked to Lex, the blood draining from her face. Lex averted her gaze, drowning in shame. Um, we're working on a project together, Mary said, her voice hoarse. Mom, I'd like to talk to Mary now that she's here. Can I call you tomorrow or something? Lex intervened before Mary had to lie even more. 
All right, all right, I have clearly overstayed my welcome. Betty sighed and got back up. Mary sucked her lips into a thin smile as she shook Betty's hand. Good evening, Mrs. Emsworth. Nice to meet you, Maddie, Betty said. Lex shook her head in sad disbelief. She thought she would make the situation even more unbearable by pointing out her mother's mistake, though, so she let it slide. I'll let myself out, dear, her mother said, pressing her cheek against Lex's. You get some rest. You do look gauntly. Mary let herself fall onto the couch as soon as Betty was out of the room. Lex stood kneeled to the floor. They both waited until the front door fell shut. Mary, Lex started walking over. I'm so sorry, but Mary shifted abruptly, her angry eyes fixed on Lex. All you do is lie, she spat out. The words hit Lex like a physical blow. She stopped dead in her tracks, her hands falling to her side. And you keep pulling me into your lies, Mary said shakily, tears brimming in her eyes. Lex's knees felt weak. Mary's words kept ringing in her ears. The room started to spin again. I'm done, Mary whispered and pushed herself up. We're done. Lex wasn't sure if she fell or had let herself fall, but the floor was cold and there was dust under the coffee table. She closed her eyes. This was part 30 of The Taste of a Smile. I know, it's the worst possible episode to release right now. We simply can't go into the holidays like this. So, I have something extra for you. I actually have several extras for you. Starting December 21st, that's the day of the early release of this episode, I will post one short written extra scene with Hannah and Millie every day until the start of the new year. Yes, that's right. I'm doing 12 days of romance. Happy holidays to you, my friend. Join me and other fellow romantics on the website to celebrate 12 days of romance together. Go to lesbianromantic.com and click 12 days in the navigation to start reading. That's lesbianromantic.com. Click 12 days in the navigation. It's the most wonderful time of the year. All right, that's it for this episode. The very last episode of 2019. Thank you so much for all your encouragement and support this year. It truly means the world to me. You know, together we reached thousands of queer romantics around the world this year. Together, we created a safe, inclusive online space. Together, we will do all that again and more in 2020. Thank you, happy holidays, and I will see you next year. Or on the website, come on, 12 Days of Romance. Come and join us. Bye.